everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 100th episode of the podcast, airing October 22nd, 2020. Now, I am pleased to bring to you my roundtable interview with April Elliott Kent of Big Sky Astrology and Simone Butler of Astro Alchemy, who will join me in my 100th milestone episode for a discussion on Scorpio season 2020. And now April, Simone, and I are going to celebrate my podcasting journey, of course. They are dear friends of mine. And I thought, who else would I bring on for such a... Uh, you know, a milestone of a, of a, I can't think of the word, it's Mercury retrograde, but you got it. It is, uh, it's big to hit 100. So I'm very excited about it and so happy to have them here. But after we discuss the podcasting journey, uh, we go on to gab all about Scorpio season and the many astro highlights that will impact this hot seat of a solar month. We dive into the specifics of the scorpion's energy as a sign and what it really means when we hear the buzzword that is transformation. Now, we also take a look at the electric yet not so blue moon on Samhain, aka Halloween. Uh, we look at the stationing direct signatures of both Mercury and Mars. And we also see what Venus is going to be doing as she is making her many moves in the sky as well. And yes, of course, we touch on the election. I mean, how couldn't we? It is the talk of the town after all. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar or by booking a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done directly through my site at energeticprinciples.com. All right, who of you are ready to hear all about Scorpio season? I know that I am. I guess I already talked about it, so <laughs> I know what comes up, but here we go. Now let's meet our guests. All right. I'm so happy to welcome back two guests. Oh my goodness. I'm having my first round table. Uh, some of my favorite ladies on the program and just in life. We have April Elliott Kent with us and Simone Butler. Thank you for joining me, ladies. Hello. Happy Hello. to be here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Great to see both of you. So we get to do the fun, uh, I don't know if you, whenever you get on Zoom with a couple people, it's like, it's hard to tell whose turn is it to talk? When are we, is it? I mean, can you hear me? So we'll have a little bit of fun with that here today um, <laughs> as we go, as we experiment because both, all three of us are chatty. We all three of us have those Gemini placements that, um, exactly. yeah. Yes. We <laughs> yeah. To chat. Well, hey, first of all, congratulations, Mel, on reaching 100 episodes. That's right. This is the 100th episode. for the podcaster. So honored to be your 100th guest. That's right. It's like, who who shall it be? Not one, but two. You know, (laughs) you know, you got to have a, I don't know. I thought it would be fun just to chat it up with different opinions and people that I know decently well uh, and just, you know, celebrate the fact that I made it. Because I guess the statistic for podcasts is that only 2% of them reach 100 episodes. Wow. How long have you been recording your podcast now, Mel? That's a good question. Let me think about it. Um, (laughs) I started back in uh, late April of uh, 2018, although I did have a previous podcast. Some of the listeners may remember 
member with Shauna McGrath. We had a mm-hmm. uh, feminine principal, uh, astrology for authentic living, uh, that ran for, I want to say we made it to about uh, 42 episodes. So, I mean, podcasting, I have gone past the 100, but as far as energetic principles is concerned, this is the official 100th episode. So, what does that mean? I don't know. That means that my Saturn is strong. (laughs) You can just feel very proud of it. I mean, it's a nice round number and it means something. I mean, if you, if we got to the age of a hundred as people, we'd be feeling pretty good about ourselves. So I think you should feel good about having a podcast that's that old. Well, you know what, now that I think about it, the inception chart for this podcast had, um, Mars and Saturn conjunct in Capricorn in my third house, Ah, Natalie, by whole sign. So, hey, it all. You're doing Capricorn proud, my dear. (laughs) Perseverance, the tenacity. I will not give up. (laughs) (laughs) I will get to the top of this mountain. You have, and we're very, very proud of you and very pleased to be part of this epic milestone. So thank you. Yes. And the podcast. And well, and so if you want to go to back episodes, uh, both April and Simone have joined me a handful of times. I know I always call on April for the eclipses. I'm like, Clip, Clips woman, get over here. Okay. And, then Sim- <laughs> and then Simone, Simone, what do we, we've talked about some different things. What have we talked about? Do you remember? Oh gosh, I, I don't even remember it. I don't point. either. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked That's about it. Lots of fun. It's always fun to chat with you, Mel. I know. It's fun to chat with you as well. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of that here today uh, with this podcasting journey. And I will say, uh, so before we get started, we'll just give a, you know, just a creek, quick, a creek, a creek, okay. beep, a creek, brief background uh, for both April and Simone. Uh, so April, I know, well, speaking of podcasts, don't you have a podcast going? What's going on I absolutely there? absolutely have a podcast. It's called the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. And I do it with my uh, friend and co-host and producer, Jim Brown, who lives up in Minneapolis. Uh, we started at last year's Sagittarius New Moon, and it's gone really well. We're really enjoying it. It's a fun experience. People don't realize, and I'm going to really even you know give you more props, Mel, because podcasting is a lot harder work than it appears on the surface. (laughs) Um, There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. But, I mean, it's been a great experience. And, yeah, we're on, we just celebrated 52 or 53 episodes because we go weekly. So um, we're pretty proud. We're gaining on you, Mel. Um, (laughs) We feel good about that. And uh, it's been a great experience. So people can find it wherever they, you know, probably found this podcast, wherever they get their podcasts. All those podcast portals. All those um, podcast portals. Yes. So definitely check out April uh, in her Big Sky Astrology podcast and just bigskyastrology.com. You can find all the April you could ever want. <laughs> and on, more. And more <laughs> on that website. Um, so Simone, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. A brief uh, creek. I, I can't claim to have been successful as a podcaster unfortunately I did for a year and a half I had a Patreon show Um, but then Pluto started opposing my son and I just felt the need to go underground so I've been underground all year still doing readings 
I have a, you know, 30 year plus uh, career and a lot of clients. So I see clients still. And, um, uh, but I haven't really, other than my twice a week or twice a month, rather blogs, I haven't really been writing. Although I was really pleased recently to learn that Fairwinds Press, who published my 2017 book, Moon Power, has repackaged and reformatted the book as 10-minute moon rituals. And it is so gorgeous. This book is everything I, I had wished the original would be. And it's already been picked up by a French publisher and will be translated into French um, and come out next fall. So um, since I'm planning to... Yes, and I'm planning to go to France next year at some point, uh, God is willing, the fates willing, the COVID fates, um, then I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe there's a book tour awaiting me at some point. That's right. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It is awaiting oui. you. I can't. So, uh, so the revamp name of the book is 10 Minute Moon Rituals? 10 Minute Moon Rituals. There's yeah. a, a subtitle too, but. It's on Amazon. It's available since September 8th. And uh, yeah, I'm very... Yay, Simone! I love that because, okay, so, you know, we got to get the little astrology in there. And by the way, it is a beautiful book. So if you do moon rituals, which I think a lot of you listeners do, definitely pick it up. And I love that it came back out on September 8th, which was literally the day before Mars stationed retrograde. And I know Mars is the ruler of Simone's sixth house of, you know, effort, uh, basically <laughs> having your efforts out into the world. So I love that it came back uh, and in the form that you wanted too, because it's always interesting when we create something and especially when we have to collaborate with other people on it and then it just doesn't turn out quite the way that we want it to. But, you know, it's like justice was served by this beautiful <laughs> revamp uh, of, of your book. So definitely check yeah, yeah. that out. <laughs> so, all right. Well, today, today, other than talking about podcasting, which we've, we've done. So while I'm putting on my party hat, uh, in celebration, you check yeah. that off the list, you know, I could, you know, maybe it'll give me a, a new boost. 200. Could I get to 200? Oh, I know you can. Girl. I could. Oh, you can. Do I want to? That's <laughs> this is always the question. A fine question. Fine questions we ask ourselves. Uh, that's why I always say um, with uh, to ask yourself why. That's a, when I did the um, summit with Christina Caudill, uh, to the Purpose and Power Summit, and I kind of did a more of a philosophical talk um, about purpose. And, you know, every, every day... Maybe not every day, but every time you're doing something, and especially when you're wondering, like you get a little, oh, why am I doing this? Why? Yeah, why? Ask yourself why all the time. Because if your why is not strong right. and good and, and purposeful, <laughs> then maybe, you know, maybe. We maybe think no. it. Well, there's a, who's the guy that did the great TED talk on that? Um, something Sedak or something. And it's called, uh, I think, Start With Why. So people can Google it and look on TED. And it's a fantastic talk that really helped. It has helped center me in my business too, always to say, because there's so many options and so many opportunities that come your way. And it's like, yeah, how does this really fit into the core of what it is I want to be giving to the world? So, yeah. Asking why? 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 Well, you know, that's a good, it's a good question to ask uh, with, 
Yeah. Why? When we get to Scorpio season, because Scorpio season has a lot of energy that can really uh, help to rearrange um, if needed, uh, because the, you know, we do liken Scorpio to being more of that transformative energy, which is such a key buzzword. You know, what does that mean to transform? You know, <laughs> um, but you know, things need to change. A lot of times, uh, these types of energies, when we have to dig deep within something, uh, can facilitate them. So, well, I always say that, you know, people love to be transformed, but they don't love to transform. <laughs> You know, that's what we have to remember about Scorpio and Scorpio season. It is a popular buzzword, but then I always think, yeah, what are the kinds of things that transform us? They're not usually, you know, happy, you know, exciting things. They change us in our lives in a different way. But Scorpio does talk about those things that really make us go deep within ourselves and see what's there and cope with it, you know? And it's, it's actually, I love Scorpio season. I love the, I love the way the light falls. I love that the shadows are really long. And I think it's just the season that says, don't be afraid of what's inside you. Don't be afraid of what lies in your psyche. Get in there and get your hands dirty with it and, and see what's really inside you. In there. Simone, what's in there? What do you think of a Scorpio and transforming and all that type of energy? I was going to say, don't be afraid of darkness. And Mm because the darkness is just the deep feminine. You know, the original darkness is the womb. And we are in the the darkness now. Or uh, I guess you could say that Samhain, also known as uh, Halloween in Latter day, the ancient Celtic holy day that welcomes the darkness, the dark half of the year, officially falls on October 31st. So we still got a couple of almost two weeks left um, until the darkness officially uh, dawns. (laughs) (laughs) To mix metaphors there, but, you know, we are still in this period of bidding farewell to the old year and you know, uh, welcoming uh, the new year, but a new version of ourselves, which is still very much in the darkness, very much in process, uh, at least through the end of the year, I would think. And so we're mourning our losses. We're digging around in the muck. I think of Scorpio as being, you know, like the bog, the muddiness. And, uh, you know, like I've been going through my entire house, cleaning it, throwing things out. The other day I threw out some stuff that was my mom's from like, God knows, mm-hmm. 70 years ago that I had been holding on to that was into, in some kitchen cabinets and just, just moldering, you know, mm-hmm. and I just finally got up the, the gumption to let that stuff go. Well, mm, Venus yeah. and Virgo must be so happy with you, Simone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mother had Venus and Virgo, as a matter Did of fact, but plus the sun and Virgo. And yeah, she, you know, when she died, my sister and I went through her stuff. It took us maybe a couple of hours. She hardly had anything. <laughs> oh. I mean, honestly, my dad was the pack rat. And, but my mom, you could just, you know, go through her stuff literally in an hour or two. And that was that. So Venus and Virgo, very pure, very minimalist. 
She must have asked a lot of whys with her stuff. (laughs) Why do we have She never acquired stuff to begin with. Not really. Mm -hmm. I mean, only the very essentials of what she might need. She bought a lot of stuff for other people, but not for herself. Well, there is a frugality there. My mom has Venus in Virgo too. Um, And when I think about it, my mom, when does my mom ever buy anything for herself? Like that's Hmm. maybe food related, which of course we need. That's a necessity. You know, there's necessities that are tied uh, in with that. But if I were to think, and and I, one of the, her favorite thing she'd always tell me is money doesn't grow on trees. You know, like that's that very Virgo, you know, just be. It's made from paper and paper's made from trees. I know. I was like, wait a second. This is checking (laughs) out. You got that wrong. Well, I love that about the Venus and Virgo aesthetic, not to get us too far from Scorpio, but I think Scorpio, Scorpio might be a little bit similar, which is the aesthetic of Venus and Virgo to me is the beauty of what's useful and essential. Mm. So I always think of like those beautiful Amish houses that you see pictures of and everything that they have is useful and, and practical, but very beautiful. It's just handmade, handmade, beautifully made, good quality. And everything's just, everything has a place and everything is in its place. And I aspire to live that way with progress Venus and Virgo, but I'm afraid I'm a Venus in Cancer, so I know that's going to happen. I will experience that progression here uh, in a handful of years myself. So we'll, we'll it makes you long for, but not necessarily achieve it. Uh. Experience. So, there we are. I know. Long live us, Venus. We're all Venus in Cancers here, aren't we? Oh, that's right. We yeah. are. Yes. 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 So we love our. We love our little bric-a-brac and their little cozy touches. And And so do people that come over. You you know, I think every one of us have a house when people come in, they're like, oh, I love it in here. Look at that. What's that? Yeah. Where did and you get that? Cats. cats are very important, I think, for oh, kids my goodness. Cats are <laughs> yes, we all are kitty lovers. Yes, yes, for sure. Cat so lady. The season, sure. you know, it's the season of the long shadows and the and the going deep and cleaning out the cabinets and going through the compost. I always think compost is such a great metaphor for Scorpio because it's all the, you know, all the beautiful nutrient-rich soil that's created from things breaking down. You know, so, mm-hmm. but we have to go through that process first of letting ourselves become something different than what we were. And then that sort of enriches the soil that we're building our new life and that we're planting our new self. Yeah. I love Scorpio. I just wanted to add to that, that I think it's especially important this year, um, you know, in this delightful year of 2020 that um, has for so many people meant the loss of jobs, the loss of income, the loss of people, the loss of the the world the way we knew it. So I think that mourning and releasing and going deep is probably more important this year than it ever has before. Well said. Yeah. And well, you know, Scorpio has, and that's the thing is like, we talk about all the difficult aspects of Scorpio, but at the end of the day, when you go through those difficult aspects, you get the the healing properties that can come out of it. Um, but, you know, you don't heal just from a quick wave of the wand. You got to go through, you know, the, the, the 
the more challenging processes to know, because usually when we suffer from things or we're ill in some way, or we're going through uh, a loss of some sort or coming to terms with it, there is, uh, you know, bigger issues that lie really below of what that is, you know, why you might feel that grief or why, uh, you know, it's something might hit you hard or why you want to change. Um, so, so badly and, and move out of this form into another and to go through the, that journey uh, to get there is, can be a difficult one because, you know, because every, it's easy to stand the light, but when you put light on dark, you know, that is when, when you shine the light on dark, that's when it's like, oh, what was in there? Right? Is that, oh, I have to revisit this thing from my childhood that I've been shoving down deep. There. <laughs> you know, like these types yeah. of things can come up. Um, but that's the only way to heal and transmute the energies when you shine the light on the dark. Uh, and that's essentially what the sun is doing as it comes it's in Scorpio. because mm-hmm. it, that's, it's our spotlight. It's our conscious spotlight. That's like, oh, look at this. What do you see here? What do you? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, and of course, yeah. You know what else I think is so important that that sets this season apart, this Scorpio season, is because the Sun in Scorpio is looking to Mars. Yes. You know, um, in retrograde in Aries and will continue to be retrograde in Aries till the middle of November, right? The 13th, I believe. But, you know, then you got to give it at least two, three weeks to start moving forward. So most of the rest of the year is colored by this Mars retrograde and uh, that and squaring the Capricorn planets and you know, it's, uh, it's a kind of a feisty time, yeah. you know? Well, now that you mentioned that, when I think about Mars retrograde, it's almost like it is more in tune with its rulership of Scorpio, maybe when it's retrograde, right? Because oh, it's yeah. straight ahead, it's like very Aries, you know? But with Scorpio, we're turning back in mm. on ourselves, maybe. And if I had thought of that. No, I like that, that, yeah. that. Yeah, I don't even have words for it. You know it's truth when you don't have words for it. I have words for it. Scorpio is the feminine sign and um, Aries is a masculine sign. There you go. So uh, Mars in Scorpio, uh, well, it's not in Scorpio right now. It is. But it's retrograde. So so it's retrograde, I guess, which is... The feeling of it a bit. The feeling oh. of it. And as a Scorpio rising. Mm. Oh, mm. yes. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, uh, you know, it hasn't been all that bad, I have to say. I've had Mars retrogrades before, which have really uh, Mel, sucked the life out of me. you Saturn, don't you? I you do. Yeah, so maybe this, like, because the problem with this Mars, I mean, not only retrograde, but as you were saying, in a square Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and the whole world, you know. Um, up there. And since you're kind of, your charts were built that way, kind of, yeah. maybe it hasn't been quite so. Coming into my own. I'm like, oh, this feels familiar. This yeah. is the story of my life. I'm built for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm training for this. I'm, I've been, this is what I've been working for. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. We're going to shine the light on some darkness. It'll, it'll be fascinating considering the fact that, of course, our election season is tied up all into this. Uh, I know everybody, <laughs> put your hands over your eyes. We yeah. don't want to look. Don't shine the light on that. Um, so, but there'll be a special edge to it for sure. And I guess we can talk a 
little bit more about that once we get to uh, maybe that day, not too much. But as you know, when I do these programs, I like to kind of run it down uh, sequentially um, to, the, to the best of the ability to kind of set the, the stage. Um, so we do have Scorpio. The ingress is officially happening on uh, October 22nd which is Thursday, not Tuesday on my notes. Mercury has been messing with me in my last couple of programs. <laughs> yeah, but I just on minor August. stuff. I mean, Tuesday, Thursday, who cares? Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. Uh, it's a Thursday, October 22nd, when this uh, episode is going to air. So, you know, maybe you're listening to this then. Um, but it's interesting that right away that we start the Scorpio season with a first quarter moon uh, the next day in Aquarius. And I, and I, I knew first quarter was coming and in my mind before I even looked at like where it was going to be in the, the degree in, I, in my mind, I was just like, I bet it's on the Jupiter Saturn conjunction that's coming up. And sure enough, the first quarter is taking place uh, on Friday at zero degrees of Aquarius. And so I just find that interesting foreshadow because, you know, first quarter is always kind of pushing off of the lunar cycle of this Libra new moon lunar cycle in general. Um, but we are inching our way towards this major last grand conjunction of 2020. Uh, so it really feels like there's some interesting go time to me that's going to happen at this first quarter. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems reasonable. <laughs> I keep coming back to the Sabian symbol for this degree, which is an old Adobe mission. And it, I don't know, it's a really complicated symbol because on the one hand, it talks about, um, you know, that I mean, the California missions have this really complicated history. We all learn them in school. And so we have kind of a fondness for them and they're really beautiful. But really, I mean, that was about imperialism, you know, and it was about imposing, you know, a, a new religious system on people that didn't really want it. So it's really kind of interesting. And I think and the only reason I keep coming back to it is as much as I like Aquarius and I have Jupiter there, and I do certainly prefer it on most days to Capricorn after a steady diet of that for the last year. <laughs> um, I think we have to be aware, especially now as we're coming into, especially coming into election uh, season and so forth, is that is how opinionated Aquarius can be. You know, mm -hmm. it really thinks it knows. Um, you know, it's, it's like Sagittarius is, I, you know, I believe, but Aquarius is, I know. <laughs> so we have to be a little bit careful, I think. And we should see, you know, I think some symbols of this, um, this emerging in some way at this first quarter moon about, thinking, well, do we know everything? And it, I mean, the first quarter always compels us to act and we act sort of out of faith. Um, but it's like, well, you know, being a little bit careful about how we push forward, uh, especially with Mars still retrograde, I think at this time mm. and not try to inflict our belief systems on others or, or that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know if there's yeah. anything there, but I keep contemplating that symbol and thinking, what is that really going to mean for us at that big conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn? Well, I, I get something from it. I, I, I'm like, you know, you can question, what do you really know on the outside of the world? Uh, but what do you really yeah. know sometimes within yourself too, when we're so right. certain about things, uh, about our life or our trajectory or uh, just mm -hmm. ourselves as people? Um, and so why, this whole episode to me is going to be why, 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 <laughs> I don't why? Know. why? well, this oh. is, you know, right after the Scorpio ingress. So, you know, it does go back to a lot of those same kinds of questions, doesn't it? 
yeah. of um, looking into ourselves and not being in quite such a hurry to go out and act on the world in the way that we normally would at a first quarter, maybe. Yeah. And you know what also speaks to that? I'm looking right now at the Daily Planner and the uh, moon will join Pluto literally within 20 minutes, 20 minutes prior to the Scorpio ingress. Mm. And then it joins, the moon joins Saturn later that evening. But having that moon Pluto so close to the Scorpio ingress and Pluto, of course, being the new newer ruler of Scorpio, um, that tells us right there that the work is inner and intense, that this season is in fact going to be extremely intense for all of us, either internally, externally, or both. I'm tired of intense. Yeah. I, I think you <laughs> no. no. Yeah, that's a great point, Simone, because the ingress chart literally has the moon on Pluto and, and caught in the, you know, the Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn energy that's up there in Capricorn. And like you pointed out earlier, them being uh, feminine and more internal signs. I think that that might be a lot of the, this, the struggle. Um, but also some of the, the blessings. We just spent how much talking about Venus and Virgo not too long ago, and the moon is trying Venus as well in Virgo at that time. Uh, so there is something, uh, maybe some uh, earthly sweetness uh, that can come out of doing this work that will be required of us. But it seems like there will be a lot of... Um, uh, dynamic movement just on the physical plane in general. <clears throat> I mean, if you're moving around or you have to deal with money issues or you got, you know, we're not, it's not like all speculation or feeling inspired or learning this. It feels like, no, we have to deal with literal aspects that are going on, <laughs> you know, in our physical daily realities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, like, like COVID-19, you know, in fact, I just read something I printed it out here because I thought it was very relevant to what we're talking about here of this next period. This is by Michael Osterholm, who is an epidemiologist. I think that's an infectious disease expert, right? Hmm. And he said just um, yesterday, the country is headed into a quote-unquote very dark time the next six to 12 weeks. So we all need to think hard about the holidays, scrap travel plans, hunker down this one time, this one year. Uh, the nurses I've spoken to fear they are about to be overwhelmed by the combination of the unchecked spread of COVID and the annual flu outbreak. And then he goes on to say, this nation needs to go into a period of deep reflection about priorities and the meaning of life and on and on. And me, why? Me, why? There's no lecture about Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Right. That just fit everything we were just saying, basically, planetarily speaking. Know, yeah. So, well, you know, I guess it is what it is. And I know right now in uh, Europe, they're doing bigger lockdowns too. And uh, okay. that, yeah, that's, that's changing. So we're not out of the woods and we know we're not out of the woods. We like to pretend we're out of the woods, but if anything, Scorpio is the woods. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> right there in the woods we're in the woods um so you know just honor what that is and we all have to take our part you know we all have to do 
I always say this about it being just the individual work. We can you look outside of yourself and point fingers at other people, but you, you know the, the way we're going to change, the way we're going to take care of it is you know very Mars and Aries. Do it yourself. Be set the example. Be the you know all of what needs to happen. You have to like take responsibility on the individual plane in order for it to work out for for everyone. Um, And you're not an exception to the rule either. If you think you're like, oh, well, they all have their masks on, you know, it'll be fine if I'm, you know, no, just freaking put on the mask. Okay. That has been the interesting battle, you know, (laughs) of the the Mars and Aries square, all the Capricorn stuff has been the ongoing saga um, of the thing that, that people are trying to resolve. How much is, um, you know, our, how much does our individual sovereignty have to get sacrificed for Mm -hmm. a common good? And people mm-hmm. disagree about that and about, um, you know, the reasons for doing the things that we're doing and how dangerous the threat is and how it should be dealt with. I mean, it's an ongoing argument that we're seeing with Mars, retrograde, and square, mm-hmm. all those planets. And that certainly is not going to go away overnight. Yeah. People, you know, need to deal with it on an individual level. But what's happening in so many cases is people are only thinking about their individual case. True. And not necessarily how that's part of a large, larger whole. So I don't know. We've had that Neptune sextile, all the Capricorn stuff all mm-hmm. year. And here's this little kind of virus dancing with the collective and inviting us to say, mm-hmm. what are we going to do with this? And well, I think just the, the Venus Virgo opposing that, you know, over the last few weeks has really um, accentuated that yeah. kind of argument, I think. Well, and Mars loves to argue, especially, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, but what's, what's Mars' favorite pastime? We like to argue. So we, it's just like a lot of arguing going on, basically, whether it's outside of us, within us, you know, there's, there's, just, there's just a battle-like energy happening. Um, That's yeah. also Mercury opposing Uranus three times. Yeah. You know, and then the full moon, which I know we haven't got to yet, will oppose Uranus and the um then Venus goes into Scorpio and will oppose Uranus sometime late in November. So we have five activations of Uranus, which is not known to be a very kind, gentle energy. Uranus doesn't give a shit about us, you know? Uranus <laughs> they, the heck out there doing its thing and it will do its thing for the common good and it wants to wake us up and shake us up and so i think that that's another factor that between now and at least the end of november that we have to consider in the overall landscape of of what we're dealing with here yeah Absolutely. Yeah. There is, there is, we talk about the cardinal crunch and all the Aries Capricorn, uh, but there is that reality of that ping pong of Scorpio to the Uranus uh, in Taurus there. And we'll get into a little bit more of that when we hit our Samhain full moon <laughs> with the Uranian yes. connection. Um, yes. And then also the Mercury's last opposition right before Scorpio season ends. Uh, but maybe we should turn it to some sort of slight sweetness. Well, we do have a, uh, so basically in the time between first quarter to, to the full moon, our full blue moon, um, we have uh, Venus doing some things and we have Mercury doing some things. So let's talk about Venus. We already know Venus is in Virgo. She's uh, as 
April just pointed out, she's opposed Neptune. She's trying Jupiter. She's trying in Pluto right now as we speak, basically. She's about to and like the, tomorrow. Um, but right after Scorpio season starts, she makes a trying to Saturn, just touches base with Saturn a little bit and then moves into her domicile of Libra. So, I mean, any last wrap up with that Venus and Virgo action and then moving into, you know, a place she's at more at home with and what that might mean. She may be more at home in Libra, but she's not going to have a happy path there. (laughs) She's not going to have any friends when she goes into Libra because she's going to oppose Mars. That's where all the all the Capricorn stuff, she's making some weak semi-sextiles to Scorpio planets and quincunxes to Uranus and Neptune. So I'm not pinning too many hopes on Venus and Libra, I have to say. I think a planet in its domicile that's making hard aspects, they feel harder because the planet has so much strength. Um, and Venus in Virgo, yes, is you know not necessarily in its you know strongest sign, but wow, it's sure finishing up on a nice note with those trines at least. Yes. With Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto. So I'll take those for sure. Well, I, it, what do you think, Simone? I find it interesting that Mercury retrogrades back into Libra at the same time as Venus enters Libra. I know. Same day. I'm wondering whether there might be some sort of decision reached um, in the Supreme Court. Um, ongoing, you know, appointment. Mm. I don't know. Tuesday, October 27th. That's when they both, they both ingress on the same day. I wrote a horoscope for it not too long ago. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting uh, little just divine timing where they just had both. They're you like know, in, this, in the same house, but like on opposite ends of it. It's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. It's like we're pinching Libra at either end. It's like, oh, you know, because, you know, Mercury's already been there. So we've already kind of tasted the mercurial flavor uh, as it went through and squared all the Capricorn energy, which was going to be a part of the season is because Mercury is going to back up and do some dances with old Saturn there. Um, So... We're, we'll probably be reintroduced. That's why I like that you bring that up, Simone, because that is a topic that has been on the table. And if there's been a topic on the table, when what better time to revisit than when Mercury comes back over and, and connects with that. Um, but it should be interesting to see with uh, that Mercury, because Mercury is going to retrograde and conjunct the sun actually this coming Sunday, uh, October 25th. Um, right before it leaves Scorpio. And so, I, you know, I don't know. I have, I have good feelings about this conjunction for some reason on a personal level. Like if you need that, if you need that little piece of like, we went into how much earlier, you know, shining the light on dark or like getting what, you know, the key information we need to maybe move some energy around or heal something. I don't know. I think it personally, that could be very helpful. Um, but uh, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about that meeting? Mercury and the Sun is always to me a really tricky point in the cycle, unless it's like actually, you know, Kazemi. Because what's happening is Mercury is so close to the Sun that it can't be seen. And uh, what I I always think the role of Mercury is part of its role is to be the messenger of the Sun right? And also the one that gets information back to the sun. 
So if you think of it like you've got a king and you've got his little, you know, messenger, his little jester, his little courtier, whose job is to stand near him and say, okay, but you're overlooking this or, oh, this is this person's name. And it's like feeding information, helpful information to the king and being one of the few people in the court that can actually say no to him or say, you know, I think you're wrong about that. And the further Mercury is from the sun, the more effective to me it actually is in that role. The closer it is to the sun, the more it becomes a yes man. And it's saying what the sun wants to hear. And so I think we just have to be careful at, at Mercury's sun conjunction times to make sure we're not just hearing what we want to hear. And I think that's, that's really important as we're going into election season. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, what do you guys think? Gosh, that was really profoundly said, April. I love that. Um, all I know, I, I Mercury conjunct the sun when I was coming up was always taught to me that that of all the days in the Mercury retrograde cycle, that when it conjuncts the sun is the only day upon which you can safely make decisions, move ahead, do something that you might uh, ordinarily do when Mercury is direct. But in actual practice, that has not played out to be true for me. Uh, and I don't tell my clients to do that either because I just have not, you know, I, the whole Kazemi versus, you know, it all confuses me. And I know both of you have a much stronger grounding in traditional astrology than I do. So that's really all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> April's face. April's like, I'm like no, who, me? Not really. But I mean, I know that concept. Yeah. And, and that was mainly from doing a lot of electional astrology for a long time because you did pay sort of close attention to stuff like that. Yeah. You don't want to pay attention to combustion for sure. Um, because on either side of it, you, you are blinded by the light and the light can be one of many things. Um, and the light can just be your own, uh, like how you put that, your own, um, wants or maybe even egoic wishes of some sort that can cloud uh, your thinking in some way. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that there is that sweet spot when it just meets and it fuses because the whole idea of the planet going within, uh, especially in the, uh, the inferior uh, conjunction is that there is a rebirth that is happening. And I think that right before we're about to be uh, born into something, there can be these aha moments that take mm -hmm. place. And you might not know how to fully integrate that once that happens. It could be that seed of insight that then it gets to be brewed for the whole, you know, next three something months as you go back and board and Mercury does its thing. And so that's why we might not want to act upon things right away when they, they come in or put it all out there or be like, oh, this is exactly it. But I think there is a magic to that moment that will give you just enough to go on uh, with uh, the caveat of patience within it so that it can be more revealed towards, especially when Mercury does go direct and it's as yeah. far as it is from the sun. And we get that objectivity that April was speaking about, um, which I love in your own charts. That's one of the things I always like, you know, when you look for in your charts, is, is your Mercury in the same sign as your sun or is it in a different sign? And I mean, you got to look sometimes when you get cuspy, it's not always as clear as that, mm -hmm. but you can tell, you know, if you're a little bit more of a subjective person versus more of an objective 
protective person when you have uh, some space between your Mercury and your sun. So that's always something. Yeah, there is that aha moment. You know, I agree with you. If you catch it just the right time and what happens is it's like everybody's been telling you what you want to hear. Everybody's, you know, you've been finding all the stuff that agrees with you and suddenly you run across something that is in, you know, incontrovertible and you say, oh my gosh, moment of truth. I now see. And it can be a little bit of a moment of, you know, terror too, you know, when it's that close in Scorpio. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it kind of opposed Uranus, like kind of a shock to the system maybe, but uh, I don't know. I mean, what's, where's the moon today? I, I, I'd be such a gloomy Gus at all. Where's the that moon? We're talking about. Where is <laughs> the moon? Come on, Simone, you're the moon goddess. I Tell us what's it. going it's on. Not, I don't even know what, what day it is. There we go. Oh, Sagittarius. Okay. Should be feeling a little more. You should. You should be on top of the world with your your rising. Just going through my away. first house. I did my, hey. my 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 monthly moon in Scorpio penance. And now I should be feeling happier. Well, you know, here's the thing, though, is like, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of rulership. So what's that Sagittarius moon looking to? Old Jupiter and Capricorn. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's that. So there is, he's you know. Not been, been the cheer, he has not been the cheeriest Santa Claus this year, has he? <laughs> no, he has no. not. He has he not. Says that by by uh, Christmas, he'll be in Aquarius. Which I'll take. That's I'm right. Jupiter return. Yay. That's right. So, all right. Well, you know, there's Mercury, there's Venus. They're both going to be in Libra for a good portion of this cycle. So there is that. So we get that Libra energy back. It's not done when the sun moves. No, we got Venus and Mercury moving back in there. Um, So I always think it's interesting with Libra because Libra is looking at two sides of coin. It's weighing things. It's out there, the truth and the justice, you know, like, and I think when we're in this intense season, especially election. I think we're, I think it's, uh, I like how you put that April, that Venus doesn't have a lot of friends there. She really doesn't. She's going to, she's, she might try to make some friends, but it's not going to be an easy ride. Um, and we already saw with Mars and Saturn in their own domicile, how just, cause all it is, is the energy is just extremely pure. And so that's why it's just extra. Um, but I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of back and forth. There's going to be a lot of this and that tit for tat, you know, like mm-hmm. just of people, you know, expressing op- opinions and their truth and what's right to them or, you know, what's fair to them. What that's, that's just going to be heightened because that's yeah. to me. What I mean, it'll be nice to have a little extra air in the charts, you know, because yeah. everything, we haven't had a lot of stuff in air signs other than when things were going through Libra. So it's kind of nice now to have, but, you know, and a, a little more of an opening for conversation and the true sort of thing. So. And maybe a little objectivity, just maybe, just maybe a little bit. Maybe, there, maybe. maybe. we'll see. Um, well, this brings us to our blue full moon uh, at on Halloween. Or as uh, Simone pointed out, on Samhain, which I used to call Sam Hain for some reason yeah, because I, it's spelled that way. That, that's yeah. like, and I called the band. There was this band, uh, a band I love, you know, Danzig, the Misfits. If you're a punk chick like me, uh, you'll know that I called it Sam Hain for my whole life. I don't know. They might call it that. I don't even know. Um, but so that's just a funny little tidbit. But Halloween. 1031. What day is that anyways? Oh, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. A Saturday. Oh it's gosh. a Samhain day. Um, <laughs> and so eight degrees Taurus, exa- pretty much exactly conjunct Uranus with the sun uh, 
opposing Uranus that day too, as Simone pointed out. So Simone, what I know you got something to say about this, <laughs> this full moon. Well, I'm I'm really don't tell anybody. I know we're on a podcast here, but I'm actually <laughs> going to be getting together in a socially distant way with um, 12 priestess sisters who we often do celebrate the Sabbaths together. And this is one of the big biggies of the year. And so we, you know, we'll be wearing our masks and, but we're also dressing up in costumes. So we're going to be doing the, the sacred rites that day. And, you know, it's such an intense, um, full moon, which, I hate to rain on anybody's parade, but the whole blue moon thing is just a feature of the Gregorian calendar. True. True. I wish people would just get over that blue moon. I mean, I know it's a romantic notion and everybody thinks it's really meaningful, but hey, it's just an accident that uh, we have two full moons this, uh, this month in, um, you know, in the same month. So uh, discounting the, the blue moon thing, though, I, st- I think the opposition to Uranus being so close from the sun is uh, it's, it's the potential for some kind of transmission or wake up call or intense ability to let something go uh, or even, a, you know, in the new age, they, they talk about a vibrational shift that's been coming. And, you know, I never really quite could grasp what that means. And last Sunday, I I listened to Reverend Michael Beckwith of Agape um, at his online service every Sunday. And he referenced this. He talked about this vibrational shift. And he said that when Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions, that he was referring to many states of consciousness that are possible to us. And that what we're all, he made the point, we're all being collectively called to live in a different, quote unquote, higher consciousness. There is a, an opportunity, especially with, at this full moon, I would say, but also all the oppositions to Uranus that are happening, Um, to really let go of some old baggage and allow yourself to just kind of, you know, move on up into a broader, bigger way. And Uranus, of course, rules Aquarius. And so the higher form of Aquarius, which is, um, you know, looking at the greater whole, the the big picture, uh, looking at yourself as part of the collective as opposed to being so overly concerned with your own little, um, you know, concerns. <laughs> All I hear in my head is, we're moving on up. <laughs> to yeah. The, yeah, it's like, that's interesting you bring that up, uh, the idea of vibration, Simone, because mm-hmm. when we think of vibration, we think of sound, we think, of, and Taurus is very much related to sound. Um, Ooh, yeah. And, you know, and I, I feel like if anybody's going to do some sound healing at that time or having music as some sort of therapy, I think this would be an excellent full moon to do that because there is uranium quality 
this can uh, break apart things, as we know, which can be shocking and surprising and, you know, like and feel like a storm is coming into your life. But if uh, to go back to that healing energy that we were talking about earlier too, um, if something does need to be... Uh, I always call it shaking off debris. You know, if something has crystallized onto you uh, and you kind of shake it off and, or maybe use some sort of vibration in order or to maybe up your own vibration in order to shake that off, there's a breaking apart or a shattering that can happen that can really give that Uranian feeling of freedom and release and just liberating something from your life that might have been weighing you down, especially because Taurus can be a very heavy energy as can Scorpio too. So that's a definitely a high side, I would, I would say. So I'm hoping for that. Uh, April, what do you think about this, uh, this full moon? I'm glad that you mentioned liberation with, with Uranus because it often does serve that purpose. And we get so caught up in the fear about things changing or the rug getting pulled out from under us that we sometimes overlook that Uranus wants to free us, you know, wants to liberate us from what is holding us down that's not true to who we are. Mm. I always like to think of the full moon sign as being, you know, the full moon is so bright and that it, it kind of serves a function almost like the sun during the day where it's kind of shining the light on things. And I think during Scorpio season, having that full moon in Taurus reassures us because Scorpio can take us so deep and so dark and it's so preoccupied with what comes next and what is unknown and the mysteries. And the moon in Taurus, full moon in Taurus to me is so lovely because it says, don't worry about that. Here's what's happening right now, today. Here's what's in front of you. Deal with that. And it's very life-affirming. To me, I, I love thinking about um, Dia de los Muertos, for instance, which is, uh, you know, um, celebrated a lot here in Southern California where we are, and the joy of acknowledging the ancestors that have passed and the reminder that we're still here. Life goes on is the story of Taurus. And part of the story of being here and being alive in bodies and incarnated is that things change. And sometimes they change for the good and sometimes they change for the bad. But if you look at change as something you can count on, then you're more in alignment with the spirit, I think, of the moon Uranus conjunct in Taurus. Mm-hmm. That it's like, yeah, I'm going to go on that journey. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I know that I'm standing on solid ground and one way or another, I'm going to stand up again when everything knocks me down. Look at me being optimistic. There we go. There it is. <laughs> optimistic and life affirming. You know, that is so Jupiter and Capricorn because Jupiter in its fall in Capricorn, I'm going to stand up when I'm knocked down. You know, like yeah, you can knock me down, but I'm up. I'm going to keep getting up. I'm never going to give up here. I love that. That's, that's great. Those it's are all great. It's going to be a answers. very pretty full moon. It's going to be a Saturday night. People are trying to figure out what to do about trick-or-treating and all of that. But, you know, we can we can all take a page from Simone's book and engage in some, some lovely ritual work, you know, by ourselves or with others. And I always make it a point, you know, at this time of year to put a few things on our fireplace, on the mantle and pictures of people who have gone and some marigolds and some, you know, gourds and and some sweets, you know, for the gods. And it's, uh, I think it's gonna be a really lovely night for ritual. Yeah. Or at the very least, you can watch episode one of Outlander, if you have Netflix, because there's the most gorgeous scene 
uh, that sat at Mount Samhain, um, where a group of Druid priestesses all are dancing and communing at the standing stones at, you know, late, late at night. And it's beautifully done. And, uh, of course, oh, it nice got me. Vision. I was just going to watch the one episode, and then, of course, I got hooked again, and now I'm on, I think it's round three. God help me, it might be round four, of watching the entire series. <laughs> because it's the best thing. Is on. it on Netflix? What's that one yeah. on? Netflix? See, you got a new sponsor, new sponsor, Netflix there. Yeah. I, <laughs> tune in to Outlander on Netflix. At, um, no, that's so funny. I, I actually started watching that show a little bit a while back uh, because I think you mentioned it, Simone, <laughs> and, yeah. and it kept popping up on my feed. And I was like, oh, I'll watch one. I'm, I'm into period pieces. You know, I love romance stories. Um, and that's, you know, it, it is that, but it's also that show is intense. That show is intense. <laughs> Very Scorpio. It's very Scorpio. Like I, I had moments with that show. I had to stop watching at some, but you know, I, I yeah. Anyways, Netflix Outlander. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Netflix, call her. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I love that you brought up the blue moon thing because you're absolutely right. It's like it's, it's just tied to the Gregorian calendar. Not everybody in the world even uses that calendar, anyways. Um, but it, it, I feel like more of a true blue moon, if we want to as, uh, associate a blue with anything, would be back when we had um, the eclipses earlier this year when we had the. Uh, Oh, no, that was a new moon. That wasn't even... Well, I guess a blue moon can be a new or a full. doesn't have to be. Does it have to be? No, 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 no. no, no. The new moon um, twice in a month is a black moon. Oh, a black moon. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, we had a black moon uh, back in... Oh, in the month or in the sign? Because I was was talking about how we had in the sign. In the sign. Yeah, right. Okay, so we had that a black moon basically with the cancer transits this year. Interesting. All right, well, the labels we put on stuff. Don't we love our labels? Um, <laughs> I'm sure they make a lovely beer, but beyond that, blue beyond moon is that, not really a thing. So. Yes, it's only a Hefeweizen. That's so you know. <laughs> um, okay, well, this brings us to not too long after that non-blue moon uh, that we have on Halloween, we basically have Mercury retrograding back to square Saturn, you know, that Libra cap energy. Mercury stations direct on election day on Tuesday, the third, I know probably put their hands in their, over their eyes <laughs> uh, and then squares again with forward motion to Saturn, uh, on the sixth, just a few days later on the Friday, on Friday. And by the way, April, I'm totally using your calendar right now as I'm like looking. Oh, okay. That's, great. That's what... <laughs> it's so little. And yes. I see though, I have to make you one like I made for Simone, a big one. Yeah. So thoughts, thoughts on Mercury, Saturn square dance pairing with election and a station. Any, anybody, anyone want to take that bait? (laughs) Gosh, I don't know. I mean, of course, the last time we had a Mercury station on election day was 2000. That didn't go super well. So (laughs) we're just going to see how that goes. I mean, and we can already see this is in the United States. This is an election that's primarily being conducted by mercurial methods, by the mail. (laughs) You know, what could go wrong? What could Um, go wrong? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I'm 
I'm choosing to be hopeful uh, that things will not be a complete horror show, but it's, it doesn't fill me with confidence, Mm. all of that unstable mercury energy. And um, I don't know, I guess we'll see what mercury square Saturn brings us when it makes that second square. When is that? That's that uh, the sixth, which is uh, the following Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think anybody who follows astrology is expecting to have an answer on election yeah. day as to who the president's going to be. We'll see. I mean, we could always be. I doubt it. I doubt but it. I don't know. I don't well, know. in 2000, it took them until the middle of December to determine who the winner was. Right. It could be a while. And we have some eclipses coming up before then, too. We have a November 30th and one December 14th. Um, in uh, Gemini and Sag. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. You know, Mercury there's, old sign. And- there's the Mars factor too, because Mars will be stationary pretty much the whole month of November. Mm-hmm. I guess it's 13th that it actually goes direct, but I wouldn't expect to see any kind of definitive result until after Mars is out of retrograde. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm on the same camp just because uh, uh, Simone and I just did an election panel for our astrological society and hmm. pointing out that, you know, the United States uh, in its 244th year is in a Mars perfection year. So there is uh, just a kind of a, a Mars directive overall going on with the country itself. And so I, f- I feel like way, like something about that Mars stationing, um, uh, so basically around November 12th, I'm skipping ahead, but we're kind of in it. And it, to me, it ties into, you know, some of the po- political action going on. Uh, so, you know, basically what, 10 days after Mercury stations, we have Mars stationing. Um, but at the same time that the last Jupiter-Pluto conjunction is mm-hmm. taking place. Um, and, you know, all these grand conjunctions have been very timely with doling out the action of the year. And then to pair it with, uh, you know, a station direct of a planet that is very much tied into any type of forward momentum or getting something done, you know? <laughs> mm. uh, any thoughts so on that? That's a hot spot of a period. Uh, that's going to be Thursday the 12th and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Oh, what dun, dun, better dun. day? Uh, that's, a, that's a day sacred to Venus. So we will focus on that. But I mean, we have on the last quarter moon, there's a, you know, Venus opposed the Mars and yeah. and all of that. So yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I've been so trying to stay out of the loop about politics and the news generally, I have to admit that I'm not the best person probably to weigh in on because I'm not even really thinking about it. And this is the first I've really looked at the charts with that in mind. Um, but yeah, we can't feel super um, um, optimistic and pleased with the kind of astrology surrounding uh, this particular election. 30 years ago, we could have had this planetary setup and things would have been quite different. You know, yeah. the country was quite different. The, the media was very different. The way we approach politics and talk about it, uh, our sense of community spirit, all of those things were radically different. So we could easily have weathered this kind of astrological storm and it could have been, yeah, a few things kind of went wrong and it was kind of funny, but it was no big deal. That's not the moment in history we're at. We're at a moment in history that means a lot. 
And these kinds of things really don't look great to me. So um, I'm hopeful we can all just do our best, help people that are having trouble figuring out how to vote, you know, and um, yeah. I think we'll have more questions than answers after yeah. election. Why? Right? <laughs> Why is this happening? Why? Uh, uh, oh, well, I don't yeah. know. Well, I think there's going to be some kind of backlash in a big way around that time. That's also around the time a few days later that Mercury makes its final opposition to Uranus. So, you know, that's like whatever uh, disagreement, to put it nicely, that we've been engaged in, you know, that when was the first one? Uh, earlier this month, right? On the, the 7th, yeah. yeah. And then we just had one last night, the 19th, and I have noticed the most snarky comments. Um, you know, somebody said something so rude to me at Sprouts yesterday, I couldn't even believe it. And then I'm heard, I've heard people saying nasty things to each other in the, in the neighborhood, which never happens. And so it's definitely a time when nasty things are jumping out of people's mouths. And so we've got that factor happening around that time, too. And That's I don't a delightful vision. Yeah. I don't know that, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, well, whoever's declared the victor at that point uh, may not be the same person who's being sworn in on um, inauguration day is all I'm going to say because then we after all of this we have the Jupiter Saturn conjunction yeah. in the middle of December which could be a game changer yeah you know? it's a big conjunction it's it's a big conjunction and we just don't know and that's and that's part of like and that's part of the energy that's going on too is we just don't know especially trying to like forecast it right right now, especially because these planets are retrograde, you know, it's, and we're in the combustion of the sun and Mercury that we were talking about earlier. So, so, to, so and, and we're approaching the uh, first quarter moon in uh, Aquarius, which we talked about, like, be careful with what you know, you know, this, is the, right. this is the worst time for us to be like, I know this, um, but that, but that's okay. And, but the thing is, is that Mercury doing this dance, um, it's it's square dance with Saturn and, and stationing on election day. So we got a lot of serious things on our mind. You know, that's that's the thing when Mercury and Saturn meet up, you're not just thinking about frivolity. You know, you're not thinking about just like the just the passing. You know, you're thinking about probably heavier topics, whether it has to do with things in the world and society. Having you know Capricorn, uh, Saturn and Capricorn, and all the Capricorn planets, because this is an energy that is more uh, attuned and concerned. With with matters that involve everyone, um, but there, but it, but it's also not matters that just involve everyone. It's like where do I fit in within that? Like, what's my place and what's my role? What's my goal within that? And mm -hmm. so I think that part of this station will have us looking a lot at as these times are changing and we feel the uncertainty of the world and maybe some of the ridiculousness of it as we experience it. It might ask us these bigger questions, which I think April you were talking about earlier, asking these bigger questions. And so prepare for your mind to maybe. Maybe um, it really hit hit a wall in some way, um, but in a way that is like, all right, well, let me weigh these sides out. Let me think about this in a more serious 
you know, let's, let's get serious about this because chances are we're going to have to make some decisions for ourselves um, at some point. Uh, and we might have already been kind of awakened to that with that Mercury opposition to Uranus, yeah. you know, because I felt, I felt that even my own mind was being awakened to things or maybe there were secrets. I had, I had some, I'm not going to go into it, but I had some things I had to get off my chest to other people because oppositions, mm-hmm. a lot of times you're dealing with other, other folks or something sure. that you have to get out, out there. And so this is, this is all, you know, these are not isolated incidences. These are chains of events and why these retrogrades um, and when these planets do these dances repeatedly, it's just moving a topic along incrementally one piece of the puzzle at a time. Um, and so we're nearing the end of that puzzle. So I, even though they're harder aspects, I feel like at the end of the day, there's some sort of resolve that could come from it perhaps. Well, it's good to not be on the first Mercury-Saturn square on election day, because I think the first one in the sequence is when it kind of takes us by surprise. And, we're, and we know that we have to do something, we have to work on something and figure something out. And we don't necessarily know how to go about it. And I, I, the danger for me of Mercury with Saturn on election day is Mercury is like the voice, you know, the vote, and having that suppressed you know, yeah. uh, or making it, having it made very, very difficult uh, to vote with a Venus square to Saturn, you know, entrenched there. So it's a little bit of worry. So I guess all we can really take from that is what a lot of people have been doing, at least in California, which is voting early. You know, um, you have your mail-in ballot, you can take it to the registrar of voters, you know, and just doing, uh, Saturn is always the accountability planet. And he says, if you want your vote to count, it's going to be on you in a very specific way this year to make sure that happens. You can't just kind of trust that everything will work out. Fill out your ballot and throw it in the mail. You know, you got to probably really take a look. Yeah. So. <laughs> we just got Mercury Saturn. We're a little, we're a little quieter, I know, a little more serious. A little of our little esteem Over. has come out. <laughs> always makes me think of Charlie Brown standing there with a little black cloud over his head saying, good grief. It's like very Mercury Saturn. Good grief. grief. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, you know, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about um, before we wrap up Scorpio season. One being Venus opposing Mars. Because to their whole dance this whole year has been something else, like the Venus-Mars relation. They have been, there's only been one flowing aspect that they have made. It has all been tense. Um, But as April pointed out earlier, we then have, so basically Venus is going to oppose Mars, who's still retrograde uh, on November 9th, right after our last quarter moon in Leo. Um, And then she basically goes on to square Jupiter and Pluto, and then on the 15th of November. So she taps into the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction um, and then goes on to square Saturn on the 19th, right before, you know, she moves into Scorpio and we basically start Sag season there. So just thoughts on Venus's journey, but especially the Mars opposition. Has any, either one of you noticed What's that? What's that dance, Simone? What's the dance? <laughs> you know what I think is so interesting is that whether it's a square or an opposition, it's an you know there's action happening there. I know more people that have hooked up with and and found 
mates or at least who you know partners for the time being um this year then I've, I've been shocked despite the pandemic despite all the restrictions you know it's been a time of of venus mars people getting it together Love will find a way. <laughs> so, guess what? Um, the water bearer is arriving right now. So I'm going to leave. Uh, <laughs> okay. This our Mercury retrograde. She yes, got the, yes. her, her water bearer is coming in there. Um, deliver. Yeah, Venus with Mars. I, I always prefer oppositions to, to squares. I mean, if you have mm-hmm. to have a hard aspect between a couple of planets, because at least there is perspective. At least yeah. sometimes you're standing in the shoes of one of the planets and sometimes you're standing in the shoes of the other, or you're engaged with another person that's playing one of those planets in your little drama. So at least you get the the ultimate perspective. You can really stand back. And I think when Venus and Mars are opposed, what can often happen in relationship terms is people are going, oh, that's who I'm with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you go from that subjectivity of the Venus Mars conjunction and then you go up to the square and you go, ooh, let's get together. And then there's the trine and everything's real ducky. And then next thing you know, you're in this opposition. And go, yeah, here's a person maybe with some anger issues or something with that Mars retrograde in Aries that you're suddenly seeing now, or, or that it is time, you know, or you see somebody who's a little too accommodating, like the Venus in Libra, and your Mars just wants to get them, you know? So I don't know, that's how I'm reading that one, is it? it's kind of a moment of awareness, mm. of scrutinizing our relationships, not just the romantic ones. Venus is all relationships. It's how yeah. we relate to the world. So having that in opposition to Mars, just say, okay, how important it is, for instance, to um, to fight for what we need for ourselves versus taking other people into consideration, which is the Venus and Libra. Yeah. So it's finding that balance. What two planets in opposition desperately want to do is achieve some kind of balance. And they want the same thing. They're just coming from opposite directions. So what they want is a relationship that still allows you to be yourself. But you kind of have to do this teeter-totter thing for a while, especially with all those planets kind of like Jupiter, pretty close to the midpoint of those two, for instance, and kind of making it go, hmm, you know, that sort of upsets the the balance the apple cart the apple cart is turning a little bit Uh, but you know we can either put those apples back in the basket or maybe they're just better left on the floor (laughs) and that might be and that might be part of when uh you know venus goes on to square jupiter and pluto and then saturn because if those balances can't be found uh and and the balances might be easier to try to act you know like find the silver lining of when the sun's also trining neptune at that on that same day, you know, you might be a little bit easier going with what you see on the other side uh, that might be like, oh, am I seeing that, you know? And then the hard aspects of Venus meeting Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn come around. And then that's kind of that definitive moment um, for connections and, and maybe how they're going to grow or if they're going to grow or do they need to change to grow or, or are they kind of commit or is this the, the obstacle that is the end of it? Uh, you know, it just depends. But it, it reminds me, there's this term that I keep seeing in Vice News and I guess it's a, maybe it's among the young people, I don't know, but they're calling it cuffing season. 
And I was like, what? It, it, just the term itself makes me super angry. I don't know why. This is my Mars coming out, cuffing season. So it's the idea that, you know, you find someone for the wind, the winter and you cuff them because you're like, you're basically my snuggle bunny. You're someone warm, you're a warm body that I can be with. Uh, especially during COVID land. And they had all these articles yeah. talking about cuffing season coming early. And, and every time I'd read it, I just get, I, that's my Uranian ascendant is like so, the idea of being like held, you know, like captured by something. I was like, I'm like the Hulk, like, no. Nah! <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, I know. That's, so that's yeah. a thing. That's a thing, people cuffing, I guess. Oh, that's a thing. Huh? That's a thing. Well, that's, that's a term. That's news to me. It was news to me. me. But I don't, I don't know how smoothly that's going to go, given where Venus is headed here, um, you know, making all these hard aspects. And it moves into Scorpio, where it makes some easier aspects. But let's face it, Venus and Scorpio is going to want something a little deeper. You know, you know you're not going to want to let go of them at the end of the cuffing season, you know. Yeah, the cu- so, that's a, be careful yeah, with your cuffing. Exactly, because <laughs> you can be stuck with it for a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! I don't. That's a new one on me. I know. It was new to me too. I don't know why These you made me so today angry. I know. And they're crazy courtship rituals. And who know. knows if anybody even says that? Maybe that's like just a term the uh, writer makes up. <laughs> they're you trying know? to make they're it tra- a thing. They're trying to make it a thing. Oh, you know that cuffing, right? You know cuffing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in, in terms of relationship, before we finish up, I, you know, I, I think it's important to to note that Neptune's getting very close to the lunar nodal axis. Yes. Um, so, you know, because the nodes are moving backwards, they're at 20 at the last quarter and they'll move up and they'll um, connect with Neptune. That's the waking up moment, I think. <laughs> if we've kind of like, oh, Venus and Mars and we're trying to sort everything out and see how we're doing and the sun has been trying Neptune and we think everything's beautiful. It's a fine line between Venus and Neptune, you know, in terms of loving someone and, and, and the idealism of believing that they're a particular thing and then maybe waking up and going, oh, maybe not so much. And I think that the nodal axis also is, you know, that's an important access for relationship and where we're trying to re- resolve past connections with people and form new ones. And having Neptune there, uh, it's really, really important to take a clean look, clean, clean your glasses, you know, and make sure you're going into it with your eyes wide open and seeing what is actually there as much as you can rather than what you'd like to believe is there. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I hear it. I hear it. Well, I think that's great advice. Uh, And really, so the last thing we can say about Scorpio season is just the new moon that happens uh, with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've kind of jumped around in our timeline, which is not something I normally do, but hey, Mercury's retrograde. There's no right, there's no... (laughs) There's no, uh, there's what do they say? Several ways to skin this cat. Um, ooh, ooh, don't oh, see that. Daddy, we're not skinning any kitties. <laughs> we're not skinning any kitties. Um, but <laughs> the one way to peel a banana. How's there that? we go. There, <laughs> there is, we're gonna what? make that a thing now. Yes, that's funny. That's well, maybe I'm still stuck on Venus and Mars, but my mind went places. <laughs> Um, all right. Focus, Mel. Focus. Uh, so new moon, (laughs) new moon in Scorpio at 23 degrees of Scorpio on November 14th, which is going to be a Saturday. Our Saturdays are, have our lunations, our big lunations this Mm. month. Um, but you know what I love about this new moon in Scorpio is that it's going to be sextile, the Jupiter Pluto conjunction 
Um, and you know, and, but to me, it's going to seem to like, I don't know. I feel like there's an opportunity that's coming out of all this time that seated in the new moon in Libra that was squaring all that energy, you know, like if there was a buildup for that new moon or that we're experiencing right now, <laughs> you know, I feel like there's some sort of like movable or like opportunity that might come out of everything that we're up against there. But you know, what thoughts? Thoughts, ladies? Sex, sex styles are always nice. I mean, I'm looking at the Venus at the same degree as that Libra new moon, just about. Um, and still, you know, making its connections there with the big three in Capricorn. And um, I'm not quite sure exactly what I make of that. But yeah, I mean, I'll take the sex styles. It's like sex styles are an opportunity. And with any kind of easy aspects, I think we have to pay attention to what is being freed up. Because yes, it is energy that has it an easier time flowing between planets. But it's like I always say, if you get two bad guys in a room together and there's nothing to keep them apart from plotting their nefarious schemes then they can do all, they can wreak all kinds of havoc. So that's also the way easy aspects can work between troublesome planets. But taking the optimistic view, <laughs> uh, which we're insisting that we will do today, um, I think that this is likely to, I mean, if I want to make a prediction, I'm not a big predictive astrologer, but I was looking at the Sabian symbol for this new moon and it's crowds coming down the mountain to listen to one man. And that sounds to me a little bit like a decision, a candidate named in the election, but we will see. We will we'll see. see. That is one possibility there. Uh, what do you think, Simone? Well, there's a lot going on at the end of that week. You know, um, there's the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday the 13th, we have Mars stationing direct. <laughs> and then Saturday's the new moon. And then Sunday, Venus squares the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. So I definitely see that as some sort of grand crescendo of things that have been building for quite some time, uh, perhaps throughout the entire Mars retrograde uh, since uh, September. Since forever. (laughs) Forever. But, you know, and those of us that follow the uh, inimitable Dana Gerhardt, probably remember her Jupiter-Pluto essay linking that to the coronavirus. And, you know, so this is the time of the final Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, and this new moon certainly falls within that. And if you work with Pluto as the old ruler, or the new ruler, rather, of Scorpio, then Jupiter conjunct Pluto brings back some pretty intense stuff that we have been experiencing since I think April was the first um, uh, Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Mm-hmm, the don't pull me into this. <laughs> Not, you. <laughs> Not you, dear. But uh, anyway, between that and the stationary Mars and all the rest of it, it, uh, you know, who the heck can say what that's going to look like on the world stage? But it would certainly look like a, um, a a likely time for a decision to be reached about the election and also for all hell to break loose about that. Because no matter who's, who's 
you know, elected or makes their way into office in one form or another, um, people are going to be really pissed off. Uh, like half the country is going to be pissed yeah. off, no matter who makes it in. And so I just, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think you're, I I definitely think you're right about that, Simone, given the fact that we saw what Venus hard aspects did, especially during a retrograde cycle earlier in the year. And so here we have Venus coming around in her strength, looking for that, that justice and she's in that air sign. So there's a voice to be heard, right? You know, there's some, there's a message to speak of some sort uh, that needs to be aired out. And if it's, it's in contention to whatever the Jupiter Pluto action is going on there, uh, because the new moon is just seeding once again, that conscious awareness of how we can work with this, but there can be contention there, especially as Mars is stationary and strong. And once again, you know, in its own sign, uh, ready to do its, its own thing, especially since it's and cuffed <laughs> for <laughs> Mars has been cuffed for a while. Um, so there, there is a lot of it's interesting. There's a lot of volatility here. I think as a cycle overall, it's going to um, present some sort of uh, opportunity to move forward in our in our personal lives on the world stage. As you're saying, Simone, I agree. There, it's really hard to say what we're going to see, uh, but there is something about that contentious Venus. Um, in that social aspect of Venus playing into that last Jupiter-Pluto conjunction that might definitely rile up some folks, especially if something is decided at that point. Um, and well, like we, Jupiter you know, rules the courts and, yeah. you know, Libra is also um, associated with those kinds of things. And again, you know, I've been sort of tuned out in particular in the last three or four days, but going back to around the 16th when we had the um, Libra new moon at 23 of, of Libra, which is very close to this Venus degree, I think could give us a little bit of a hint of some things that are mm. coming together at the new moon. Yeah. We shall see, my friend. We shall see. And we do have that Mercury Uranus last uh, opposition at the same time. So expect <laughs> for, yeah, expect for some electric, uh, you know, or just ex- expect. I am now, yeah. so appliances, man. Nobody has a working refrigerator at the moment. It seems it's just it's been crazy. You know, it has been um, a little bit of a Mercury retrograde for the books. It's been crazy. Crazy. All right. So, well, that brings us to the end of Scorpio season. So, I guess I would ask if um, I, I I like the one like the simplicity of the one word. So, if either of you had one word for this year's Scorpio season. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Whether it's advice, descriptive, whatever. Descend. Just go deep, you know. Go down into yourself. Go with it, you know. This is the time of year for it. Cuff yourself. (laughs) Yeah, cuff yourself. (laughs) How about um, surrender? Ooh, I like that. That's that's been... Yeah. And and Mars says, No, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. Not even not even not even a little. <laughs> not even a little. Not even a little. Oh, Surrender. Gosh. Uh, God help us. I um, to me, I, you know what comes up to me is like integrity. Like like integrity or maybe honesty. Maybe with yourself, maybe with other people, or just staying in that place. Integrity because is such a good word for Scorpio. It's, you know, maybe the Scorpio. I feel like the, this is my Scorpio Capricorn placements talking right here. It's mm-hmm. integrity. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so just keep yours. 
<laughs> you know, look, look at what that means yeah. for you, maybe, um, and and see where it pans out and, and act from it. You know, just, well, yeah, I mean, Scorpio just wants us to get rid of the stuff that isn't us. You know, that isn't really part of who we are. And we have differences of opinion with Scorpio about what we are, what we feel we should let go of and what Scorpio feels we should. But certainly it, we come out of it stronger because our structure is sound. Everything that's left is something we truly can't do without. So yeah. I, like, I like what you're saying there for Scorpio season a lot. All right. Here's another good word, purge. Purge, Ooh. yeah. That's, I definitely, I love how the Gemini rising gave us two words. She gave us two words. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't thinking about that kind of purge. No, I was going to make it a gagging. Like, purge gesture. your cabinets, purge your file folders, purge, purge, purge your entire house. I can't recommend it enough. It really changes your entire uh, orientation, how you feel physically. You know, and and maybe do a physical purge cleanse as well if you feel guided to do that. Mm-hmm. Purge that it out, nice. purge it out. All right. Well, I think that's great advice for Scorpio season. Uh, we're going to descend. We're going to surrender. We're going to do it with integrity, and we're going to purge along the way. That's the. <laughs> Gonna do it along the way. All right. So thank you, ladies. Let's before we go here, where can people find you? April, where can people find you? Remind oh, my website is bigskyastrology.com, and that's also my handle on all the various social media platforms. Um, and of course I have the uh podcast, Big Sky Astrology Podcast, that's new every Monday morning. So you can find me wherever you find your podcasts. I do have a lecture coming up. I'm going to be part of the uh, Breaking Down the Borders online conference, online astrology conference. That is coming up and I'm going to do my lecture on November 7th at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, It's called Saints and Suckers. Um, Neptune in relationships. So um, <laughs> people can register. Uh, you can find the link to register at my website. Perfect. BigSkyAstrology.com. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Simone? Where can people find you? Well, uh, my website is AstroAlchemy.com. And I, uh, on Instagram, I'm at Simone.MoonPower. And, uh, and then the Facebook is the same as my website. And I have no big, uh, splashy lectures or anything coming you up. Got your book. Have, you got your book that's out. So. Yeah, I do. I have my book, Moon Rituals, which you can um, learn more about and purchase on Amazon. And I guess that's about it. That's, that's enough. That's <laughs> more than I got going on. Um, so definitely go check Simone out at Astro Alchemy. And she does do a lovely uh, bi-monthly newsletter that comes out with her writings on the moon because, you know, moon power. Simone's, <laughs> we, we're holding down that cancer territory, both of us. Oh, and I love, I love Simone's Astro Feng Shui book too. Oh, so thank I'll you. Put in a plug for that. I still work with that every new moon. Yeah, oh. especially if you're purging, you know, right. purge and then put it in the right place. There's something to be said about having, I, I feng shui my house to the best of my ability that I could. And I, Heck yeah. and it could have been in my own mind, but Hey, it's, 
That's oh, where everything starts. That's where it starts. <laughs> so check that out for sure. Um, all right. Well, where can people find me? Uh, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com and you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Mercury. Mercury. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I always do a blog post. So I will have both April and Simone's information on the blog post as well. Um, And so, yeah, that's really all uh, I do have. Well, I do have something that's going to already have happened by the time this is released, but you can go back and watch it. I will be uh, joining Stormy Grace uh, live on her YouTube channel on Wednesday, the 21st uh, at the very end of Libra season. And I'm going to be talking on the Jupiter-Saturn uh, conjunction um, and uh, how kind of this Mars retrograde cycle has been playing into it as well. So if you want to check that out, it won't be live by the time you hear this, but you can go to Stormy Grace's channel on YouTube. And she has a wonderful resource of many astrologers. She talks to so many astrologers every week. And my goodness, like, woo, go Stormy. She's so, a neat lady. Yeah, I like yes. that. I'm so, on an A-fan call. Come, come visit us. Come visit us down there uh, or over there or wherever YouTube lives <laughs> in relation to direction. Um, over there. Okay. The, over there. Don Leon. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Well, it was so much fun talking to you ladies. Oh, I didn't say the end. I have to say the end. I have to tell listeners what to do because my bossy Leo planets have to get that out there. Listeners, tell a friend. spread the good word, share the podcast, let people know about Scorpio season. And if you like what you, uh, you know, heard in in the program in general, you know, leaving a review where you listen to it can help it be seen more and to get more into the mix because Lord knows there's thousands of podcasts out there. And so reviews, uh, any type of review, hopefully a nice one, uh, is, uh, definitely helps that process. So, um, that's all I have to promote, say. That's all I have promote, to say. Testify. Yeah, promote. And happy 100th. We did it. We did it. Yes, and that's yes. my, that's my Mars. That's thank my Mars you. and Gemini. We, we did this. Me, well, we did. me and my I other mean, mind. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> it was great to be with you and celebrate this milestone with you. And here's more at least. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That was super fun as I knew it would be. Thank yep. you. Wow. Oh, thank you, ladies. You're love the you best. Both. Love you both. <laughs> and we love you all out there. Thank you for much, fro much, fro much for listening to so us. Much. It's like <laughs> cheesily. We like you. <laughs> Thank you fro much for listening to us. Oh, and as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.